Game Show. We got a great guest for you today, and her name is Courtney Lohman, and she has a fantastic uh, mission that she's doing for God, and she's going to share with us right now uh, and tell us all about herself. Courtney, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Kilroy. I'm glad to be here. Glad to have you. So, um, as we were talking earlier, you, you do a lot. You're you're involved in a lot of stuff, and uh, could you just tell us how you got about doing this, and what is God bringing you to do today? Yeah, absolutely. When people ask uh, what I do, uh, I say I'm a full-time mom and a part-time podcaster. So uh, full-time mom is job enough, (laughs) but I uh, feel like I have kind of a calling and a passion that God has um, asked of me, and that is to encourage and equip women to become the disciple makers that God has called us to be. And the way that I do that is through speaking and then through my podcast, The Journey of Ruth. And our goal on The Journey of Ruth is to encourage listeners to uh, love God, to study his word and reach others. And so we kind of talk about how, you know, our relationship with God is not just uh, me and him and that's it. There is a community factor that we see throughout scripture um, that is a part of, uh, the the Christian life and the Christian walk. And so really on the journey of Ruth, that's what we are encouraging people to do. Yes, you need to be uh, making sure that you know who your Jesus is and you're deepening that relationship with him. But also you need to be helping others along in their journey through discipleship and mentorship. So while during the day, I like to say like my daytime, I'm a mom. And then uh, usually uh, in the extra moments and at night, I'm working on the podcast and on the Journey Ruth ministry. Oh, wow. Yeah, it does. You know, it does uh, take a, a lot of time and effort to do a podcast. You know, it's a, it does. Uh, it's kind of hard. People don't maybe it's a lot that don't do this. They don't understand it. And, uh, you know, I mean, I have a full time job and I try to squeeze it in as much as I can and get people's schedules together because everybody has, you know, everybody has a lot on their plate, you know. Yeah. 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 And that can be challenging when you interview people. You can't yes. do your interviews. I think the earliest I've woken up is like 5 a.m. to do an interview mm-hmm. with someone that was like on the other side of the world. Yeah, that's, <laughs> you know? that, that's challenging. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have one. I have to do eight in the morning. That's the earliest. And he's in Cambodia. So, yeah, there I know you what you're saying. I know what mm-hmm. you're saying. Yeah. So. um so, so your your focus is mainly what for for women to 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 have a better relationship with God and 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 how they can go about doing that is is that also for not only wives but just women in general even like daughters and you know all all walks of life. Yeah, my belief is that discipleship is not just for. Um, I think sometimes we we look at it and we say, oh well, um, it's only for like a certain time in my life or a certain age of of woman. Actually, it's everybody, uh, men, women, children, uh, the older generation. Uh, I was blessed to have great discipleship when I was younger, and my parents kind of um, really made sure that that happened in the life of my brother and I. Um, they put people into our lives that would disciple us, and those are still people that I have in my life and that have influence. But I think it's important that if we look at scripture and we look at what Paul says, uh, it's important for us to look at the full picture of discipleship. And if we, uh, there's a a Bible study called Open Your Bible, and it's actually by the girls that wrote, um, She Reads Truth. It's, they, they have Bible studies and a blog and a podcast. They've got all you know different uh, manners of encouraging families to be in the works. They've got She Reads Truth. They've got He Reads Truth. So they are encouraging the whole family to be reading scripture. And their picture is that there's this tree. And if you think about you're climbing a tree, you're five years old, you can get to like the first couple of branches. And then as you get older, you get a little more brave to get a little bit higher in that tree and a little bit higher. And if we look at this as in the the spiritual um, life of the Christian life, when we look around us in that tree of life that we're we're climbing, we're going to notice there's people all around us. And there are people at the same level of us as us. And our job there is just to encourage them. Like, you're doing a great job. Keep at it. Like, can I pray for you? How can I help you? How can I walk alongside you? 
And if we look in scripture, that's uh, Paul and Barnabas. And they were that, you know, it was an, a relationship of encouragement. And so mm-hmm. when we're looking around us, we see lots of Barnabases around us that and I think that's the easiest relationship because it's people that you're at the same area in life. But then you're going to have people above you. If you look up, there's going to be people in the tree that are already higher than you have already figured out kind of that next step in life or that next step in their faith. And um, it is their job to reach down and say, how can I help you to grow closer to Christ? How can I help you increase in faith? But it is also our job to reach up and say, I need a little bit of help. Can you offer me some help? Could Can we build a relationship where you're helping me to grow? And, and that would be our Paul's. Paul was a discipler for many people. We see their names listed throughout the New Testament, his letters in the New Testament. We see him, you know, writing to specific men. They've become names, you know, Timothy, for example, you know, that was one of his. Um, and so we've got these people that are reaching down. Um, and that's our, the Pauls in our life. And we need that. But to round out that picture, we have to realize that there's also people below us in the tree. And if we will look down, we will see that there are people that are just a couple of steps uh, or maybe several steps behind us in their faith. Maybe they're new to the faith. Uh, maybe this is something, a new experience. And we need to remind ourselves that as much as someone is helping us, it is our job to then reach down and and help others up. And that's that's the Timothys in our lives. So mm-hmm. we become the Paul for a Timothy. So we've got the Timothys below us. We've got the Barnabas around us and we've got the Paul above us. And that is the full picture of what discipleship looks like. And my prayer is that um, one day I can see my discipleship family tree, see the people that I have discipled. And Second Timothy 2, 2 says that if it's if it's discipleship, then what we're doing is we are taking the things that we have heard and entrusting it to faithful men who will then go and tell other men. So it is not like a, I'm just going to pour into you and then that's the end. Mm-hmm. It's I'm going to pour into you in a way that you can go and pour into other people and they can go and pour into other people. So Kilroy, I think that this is one of the most effective ways for us as Christians to have an impact on the kingdom of God is Mm -hmm. if I'm going to disciple four women, no matter their age, then my prayer is that those four women are going to go and disciple four more women. Well, we've just now gone from four women to 20 women. (laughs) Mm-hmm. within one cycle. Now, if all of those 20 women go out and reach four more women, we see how the math starts adding up very quickly. And yeah. so, no, this is not just for people my age. It's for, we, in order to, for the whole tree, we need everyone in the body of Christ to be Amen. actively discipling. Amen. Amen. And yeah, it takes, it takes all of us, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. Yeah. So, um, is this like done, like, let's say someone's new to this and they want to yeah. uh, learn how to do this. You know, I mean, they're a Christian, but they, they want to improve. They want to, you know, get part of it. Now, how, how do they go about doing this? So they do this like in a Bible study, do you recommend it through, through you know, or, or small groups at church or, mm-hmm. you know, at your house or anything? How would they go out and start by doing this? Yeah, it's that is a question that I had to start thinking about <laughs> how to answer because that is the question. You're, you know, okay, so you, this is so important, but how do we even find it? Obviously, I think the easiest place to begin to find this discipleship is in a faith community. Your local church is the perfect place to begin to find people because um, if you look at the world, they talk a lot about mentorship and uh Uh, coaching. Uh, These are words that you hear all the time. Uh, And the difference between mentoring and coaching and discipleship is that mentoring and coaching, you're helping them in one area of their life, or you are looking at that person going like teaching. I'm a, I'm a trained teacher. So I had a mentor teacher before I was allowed to have my own classroom. And the idea was look at this teacher, learn best practices, and then take those and, and copy that in your classroom. Well, Christian discipleship. The point here is that in a disciple, as a disciple of someone, you are trying to become like them. Mm-hmm. But in Christian discipleship, I'm not trying to make girls like me. 
And by the way, I'm going to use girls because I think that the uh, most effective forms of discipleship are male to male or female to female. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Things can get a little messy uh, <laughs> if when you have right. uh, different genders um, in discipleship well, together. So that's kind of like when they have like the Bible study, men's Bible study, women's Bible study, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've got different things you need to talk about. I cannot mm-hmm. tell a man how to be a better husband. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, it's, like it's, it's I not in your genes. It's not in your genes. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. So I think that um, when I have young girls, I am not discipling them to become more like Courtney. Mm hmm. Christian discipleship is I am helping them to become more like Christ. And Mm. it's two people walking alongside each other as we both become more like Christ. So that's the first thing I would encourage people to understand is that it's not like a teacher student relationship. If you're like, yeah, Courtney, I hear that I'm called to be a disciple, but I haven't gone to seminary. I don't, you know, haven't gone to Bible college. Me neither. I, I haven't. Mm-hmm. I have a degree in music education, um, mm-hmm. but it is two people walking side by side. So the easiest place to find that is within a faith community, but it can still be awkward if you are looking for someone to disciple you to walk up and say, hey, would you disciple me? Right. <laughs> people are like, right. I don't even know how to answer that question. Yeah. Right. What do you mean by discipleship? Like, what Mm -hmm. are you thinking? So I actually, in response to that question, created a process and I call it the play process. Um, It's an acronym PLAA. Couldn't think of a why that worked. (laughs) So we just called the PLAA process. Um, Right. And so it's four steps. The first one P is for pray. And it might seem really simple, but sometimes when we really want these things, We just want to go straight to the action piece. And sometimes if we don't take a moment and get our our minds and our spirits to be still, we don't even know what we're looking for. Mm -hmm. And so in this prayer piece, um, I do have a a free download on my website, journeyofruth.com slash download. And I've created a worksheet to help walk people through this. Um, But you can do this on your own. But on the worksheet, it actually asks questions like, what are you looking for? In discipleship, what area are you of your life are you wanting discipleship in? Um, what does discipleship mean to you? What kind of commitment are you looking for? Are you wanting to meet with someone on a weekly basis? Or is once a month the most that you can do? Because discipleship looks different for each person. Mm-hmm. So that's the prayer piece. It also has some uh, relationships within the Bible that you can look at as discipleship. What is discipleship look like within the Bible? Ruth and Naomi. Um, Samuel and Eli, uh, Paul and Timothy. And so you can look at some of those relationships. Then we go to the L, which is for look. And this is where you start to look around you and see who is around me. Who is it that is um, impacting my life already? Um, Who is it that already has like the ability to speak truth into my life? Uh, because most likely that person is already there. You just um, haven't really seen them in a discipleship role. Mm-hmm. And um, and you're going to write down names, plural, and that's going to come back in the end, why we need more than one. Um, but you're going to write down names as you're looking around you. Um, then we get to the ask part. And a lot of people are like, oh, that's when we ask, will you disciple me? Actually, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. Actually, I want you to ask them to go to coffee. I want you to ask them to come to your house for dinner um, or ask them to come on a play date with you and your kids. If you're a mom and you you don't have options, this can happen with your kids, by the way. Um, And uh, you ask them and get to know them more. Start asking questions. Ask when you're with them, ask more questions than you answer because you're going to hear more about who they are, what they're passionate about, um, how God's working in their life. And then once you get to know them a little more and you're like, yes, this person has something in their life that I would love to emulate because I see how they use it to honor Christ. That's when you're going to act. And that's when you're going to say, hey, I'm looking for someone to disciple me. And I see I want to affirm these things that God is doing in your life. And I would love if we could maybe meet in a discipleship, you know, relationship if that, if that's possible. Mm-hmm. And, um, they may, and, and give them time to pray. Cause remember you, you prayed in the beginning, you've already done the praying. 
you haven't really given them time to pray. So give them time to pray. Give them time to think about it. Be specific about what you want. I'd really like some help in my marriage. Uh, I'd like mm-hmm. to meet, at, you know, I my preference would be every week, but I would be okay with meeting once a month if that's all you can do, whatever it might be. Give them time. If they end up saying no, take that no with grace because if they've taken the time to pray about it and they say, I just don't think this is for me, what you know is that them saying no is not them rejecting you, which is often how it feels like, oh my gosh, I like stepped out in a big way and now they're rejecting me. No, mm-hmm. they prayed about it. And that no is them saying, I don't want to give you like only half of me. I want to be able to disciple you in the way that you want. And I can't, um, I can't do that right now. So I'm going to have to say no. Mm-hmm. But then your, your search isn't over. You go back to that L. Remember, we listed multiple mm-hmm. names. Go to the next name on the list and start working through that process. So I feel it's a lot like um, finding a counselor. Sometimes mm-hmm. the first counselor that you go to is not a great fit. That right. doesn't mean that counseling isn't for you, right. uh, whatever it might mean. So it's a it's a process, but it's it's worth it. Discipleship mm-hmm. is so necessary in our lives and mentorship that it's worth the time and the search. Yeah, that's that's awesome, Courtney. Um, do, do you is it basically just one on one, or can you do it as a group, or is it just better just one person? Yeah, that is a really good question, and um, I think it depends on. Yes, it can be done in all contexts, uh, and I've seen it done in small group context. I've seen it be done one on one. I think discipleship. There is a there's a great book. Um, and I'm going to forget the name of it right now. Um, I'll, I'll think of it. Uh, but it is a great book uh, uh, by JT English, and it's all about discipleship within the context of the full church mm-hmm. instead of one-on-one. And it was wonderful for me. I mean, I'm not a head pastor, so that's not my perspective. <laughs> you know, it's not my job sure. to lead an entire church. Sure. Um, but that is a part of discipleship. How does a church and how does a leadership board or a pastor help their entire church uh, understand that discipleship is a part of our culture? Right. Discipleship is important to us as leaders. Um, so I think it can happen in, it, it, no, it must happen in all contexts. And um, the idea is that kind of like a funnel idea, mm-hmm. it happens at the greater level. It needs to be happening at a smaller level. And it needs to be happening one-on-one because you need that person that knows you well enough that when you go to them and you're like, I'm making a really big decision Mm -hmm. and I need your help in making this decision. If they know you really well, they can give you really good advice. Mm -hmm. But if they've, you know, they've never met you before, they can say, well, I don't know you, but I can give you my best guess. Mm -hmm. You want someone who knows you to the deepest level. And someone you can trust, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. You have to have that trust. Um, do you, uh, um, can you share with us any success stories with uh, people that you've done this with and, and where, where are they at now? <laughs> uh, I have a, the blessing of, um, serving with my husband in the college ministry at our church. And nice. it is so much fun. Uh, first of all, it's the first time that we, uh, we do this, been doing this for about a year now. And it's the first time that we've had a ministry where we've served together because a lot of my discipleship work has been done in the women's ministry at my church. Right, so my husband's right. like, <laughs> mm-hmm. you do you, you have fun. I'll take care right. of the kids, you know, right. um, but it's fun to do discipleship with him. And um, I would say that both my husband and I have experienced great relationships with these college kids. He has um, one of the college kids that's actually working with him. My husband's a landscaper mm-hmm. and um, the student is working with him. And when he started, uh, when he hired him, they sat down and created a plan for not only how he was going to work with my husband and how this job was going to help him. You know, the joke was he had scholarships, but he needed money to eat and go on dates. <laughs> you know, uh, and he's, and I love that. And so not only how he was going to have that spending money that he needed in his life, but 
also they figured out how this job that he was doing with my husband was going to help him get through school debt free. And it has been so cool to see that be almost like a, he's a landscaper, but that different perspective on landscaping and hiring. Why am I hiring these college guys? Because it is an opportunity for discipleship every time that we are together. Mm-hmm. And it is an opportunity to help them get through school debt free. I, I don't doubt that. I mean, this is a student that he's been able to do this with, but I don't doubt that it will happen. There will be more <laughs> in oh, our man. future. Um, sure. And for me, it's been great to um, have gr- uh, girls in um, in my home. The biggest impact, and this is really uh, Kilroy for me, where God showed me that discipleship was my passion. I was a high school choir teacher Hmm. and I didn't know that discipleship was really what I loved yet. I was spending so much time with these high school kids, but they would come into my office. The girls would come into my office and, and be really honest about like big life things. And my initial thought was, do you not have anyone else in your life that like has known you for longer than six months or like maybe two years, you know, that Mm -hmm. you want to talk to and, and, and ask their opinion. I'm honored, but there's no one else. Mm -hmm. And what God showed me was no, that's, that's the hard thing is that a lot of people don't have that person. Um, so when they are trying to make a decision where there's a struggle in life and they need advice, where do they go? They go to the internet. Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's a, you know, crapshoot. You never know what you're going to find there. No. Uh, they go to social media, which is also not usually positive. And mm-hmm. then they go to their friends who are the same age as them and do not have any more life wisdom than they do themselves to give them advice. Mm. And I, that's when God began to show me, do you see why discipleship is important? And for me, it was an opportunity to show God's love to these kids uh, and continue that beyond, you know, graduation my rule was you can't be friends with me on social media until after you've graduated. So it was always an honor the week after graduation when I would have a handful of kids that would ask to be, uh, you know, to follow me on Instagram or be my friend on Facebook. And I love it because I get to keep up with them. I get to congratulate them when they get married. I get to, you know, congratulate them when they have kids, whatever it might be. And I love still getting to have that, that small but positive influence in their life. And I have been there. Some of them have come back to me. I'm not their teacher anymore, but they've come back to me and said, Hey, I have a question. Could you, I know this is weird, but could you tell me what would you do in this situation? And I'm like, I am, I'm honored. I'm more than honored to to talk with you about that. And thank you for reaching out. So I, I think just that, that, that willingness to be in somebody's life, to be honest with them, it makes a huge, huge difference. And both my husband and I have seen that, that play out for sure. That's awesome. Have you ever come across uh, any unsaved people that wind up doing this and they wind up being saved? Have they, uh, any, yeah. anything like that? Uh-huh. Uh, well, I would say most of those kids were unsaved because I was in a low income public school. Okay. That was okay. not a Christian school that I taught at. Right. And so right. most of the time when I gave them um, advice or whatever, it was, um, it was from scripture. Sorry, that's just mm-hmm. who I am. But I didn't say, well, you know what scripture says. Instead, right, I would right, present sure. it to them, you know, almost as like, well, here's a thought, you know, mm-hmm. um, and what I or what I believe is, in my opinion, and, I, and there, there are people that that write on discipleship and, and talk about discipleship, when discipleship starts, is a differing opinion. So some people believe that you become a Christian and then that's when discipleship begins. Um, that is when you're, um, you start becoming a disciple of Christ. In my opinion, and this is because I have seen it to be true, in my opinion, 
you can begin meeting with somebody who's asking these questions um, and and start kind of having that influence in their life well before they're a Christian. And I think that that is, you know, Matthew 28 says, go and make disciples, not go and uh, find Christians and then make disciples. It's go and make disciples. So I think that part of the making disciples part is that we disciple them well before they've accepted Christ. And yes, I have mm-hmm. had the opportunity to disciple someone. And then, uh, you know, she asked, can we start studying John together? I'm like, yes. And we got halfway through the first chapter before she was like, I think I need to accept Christ. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> great. I'm so excited that you feel that. Thought we'd have to get through the, you know, all of John. Uh, and she was a ch- not a challenge for me. She was a blessing. Mm-hmm. But I felt challenged in that because her questions were hard. I felt because she was kind of coming from an outside perspective. Like mm-hmm. Courtney, none, some of the questions I've gotten from people that are not Christians, Courtney, what about my family? What does this mean for them if I become a Christian? What about all my grandparents that are already dead? Mm-hmm. What about my husband if I accept Christ? What does that mean? Like, how do I continue to be a Christ when my husband is not a Christian? Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, let me try that again. I don't know what I just said. What does it mean for me to follow Christ and be a Christian if my husband is not? Right. Um, how have. does that work in a home? Yeah. And I understand those questions sometimes can be scary. And, and that's why people sometimes I think back away from discipling. They're like, what if I don't know the answer? Well, you're, you're not going to, you're going to come up a question against a question, especially mm-hmm. with the non-Christian uh, that you don't know the answer to. And the most mm-hmm. beautiful answer you can have is I don't know. Mm-hmm. That is a great question. Here's what I want you to do. You, I want you to go and here's a couple of resources, um, you know, and I want you to go and do some, some research and see what you come out with. And I'm going to go home and I'm going to do some research. And next time we meet, let's talk about it. And yeah. To see sometimes that you guys have come to the same point, the same answer is beautiful, but sometimes they come at it and they're like, I saw this, but this is how I understood it. And you're like, oh my gosh, I never thought of it that way. I mm-hmm. love that perspective on it. And, and, and so not to be afraid of, of things that you don't know, knowing that discipleship, making disciples uh, evangelism, all of those things are not our responsibility. It's, it's God's responsibility. We just get to be, um, we just get to be a, a, a tool for him to use. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's what he wants us for a part of the body right. of Christ. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is, yeah. that is so true. Um, so you have a podcast and is that mainly focus on just the discipleship or do you discuss other topics as well? Yeah, I, um, I would say we, uh, so we have our, our phrase that we, we use anytime that we're looking at guests. We want to encourage our listeners to love Jesus, study his word and reach others. So if what we're if if, you know, someone's coming on with the book about business. Is it about growing your business? I don't know. Maybe maybe that's not for our podcast. Or is it how to be a Christian in the business world? <laughs> you know, there we go. That is going to be something we're going to talk about. So. It, it paints a very broad um, spectrum, but the idea is that everything that we talk about should be encouraging listeners to be the disciple makers God commanded us to be. Because Matthew 28 is not a suggestion. It's not a good idea. It is a command to all of us that we must be making disciples. And so mm-hmm. we talk to, um, you know, women and men, even though I, our, um, our audience is mainly women. Uh, but we are talking to men and women that have wisdom to share. And when I started it, what I knew is that I had a lot of people that were discipling me, a lot of mentors in my life, and I wanted to share them with other people. I was like, I wish you could go to coffee with me and my mentor, because I want you to hear what they have to say. Mm -hmm. And um, this was a place where I could, this is basically sit down with coffee with me and my mentor. And I want you to hear the wisdom that God has for them. And so we just have conversations where they, they share the wisdom and their life experiences um, with the goal of encouraging people to go out, love Jesus, study his word and reach others. So you, 
you basically have them study and learn how to uh, go out and do the next step to help others. Yeah, exactly. And so we're um, going to be doing a conference, which is a discipler training conference, um, which is helping people to say, OK, I feel like this discipleship thing is something that I want to do. Mm-hmm. What do I do? <laughs> and so we're going to be doing a conference to to help train. Um, we anytime that I speak, uh, I obviously give tools as um, an, you know, an opportunity for um, for people to. Uh, grow in their ability to disciple others. And I would say that sometimes it's not about teaching people how to, but -hmm. it's about helping them grow as a disciple. So sometimes Mm -hmm. it's things like, um, we're going to be talking about how to, how to walk your child through grief. Mm. Well, that's, that's a really hard one. And how do you do that in a way that honors Christ? And how do you do that in a way that honors your own grief? You know, if your kid is going through grief, you're probably grieving as well. So in a way that honors your own grief, that's not necessarily teaching someone how to uh, go out and disciple. But that is teaching someone how to better disciple their kids that are in their home. And hopefully it's encouraging them in their own walk with Christ. And any time that we're growing in our own walk with Christ, that's why it doesn't say reach others first. It says love Jesus, study his word and reach others is because I think we have to continue to grow in our relationship with Christ. So some are, some of our episodes aren't necessarily the how to disciple. They're more like this episode is about helping you to grow as a, as a disciple of Christ so that you can take it and go and disciple others. Oh, okay. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Uh, uh, with any of your discipleship partners that you have and they're, let's say they're struggling in something in their life whether it be, like you said, grief, uh, depression, or anything like that, do you find that you can use that to help them as well? Um, you know, have them address that problem first, and then, you know, maybe, how would that work, or have you come across that? Yeah, I try it, I try not to say, oh my gosh, I have an episode on this. <laughs> but the <laughs> truth is that um, 100 epi- episodes in, we have talked about a lot of subjects and I love the conversations that I have with my guests and I don't bring people on, you know, unless I think that they've got just a lot of wisdom to share. And so mm-hmm. when I end a conversation, I'm like, oh my gosh, I just learned so much from that conversation with that person. Oh, yeah. So of course, when someone says I'm, I'm dealing with grief, well, we have three episodes on grief. And uh, one is someone who has experienced the loss of a child. One is on grief through the holidays. And one is on helping your child to, to, to walk through grief. And if it's a mother that I'm talking to, I think it would be, uh, you know, silly to not say, hey, I've got three conversations with three different women on how to, you know, walk through grief in your life because I can give her my experience on grief, but there's three other perspectives that are, that are out there. And then the, um, and usually those perspectives also come with resources, um, Mm -hmm. blogs that, that, that guest has written or a book, um, or maybe they themselves have a podcast. So now they can go and listen to my conversation with them and then decide, do I want to go and get to know a little bit more about this author or um, this speaker and this podcaster and, and get more, more from that? So, yes, I do find that my conversations and my podcast uh, episodes become a place to kind of start conversations or as like we're having a conversation, I can say, hey, can I suggest this week that you go and listen to this episode and let's talk about it next week, see if you you know, got anything from it or, you know, if mm-hmm. it just really didn't hit that spot. Right. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's great. That's great. That's great to know. Cause you know, we, it's, it's a tough world out there and we're all struggling with something. <laughs> uh, it, no, it's true. And that's yeah. why I also try to hit varied topics. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just um, like, we do have a lot of motherhood episodes and I think that's just because I'm a mom, <laughs> you know, sure. and yeah. so I'm like, oh, that seems really interesting. But you know, relationships, um, we've got ones on marriage. 
We've got episodes on uh, how to read the Bible, how to, mm -hmm. how to study the Bible. Um, and so, like I said, you can find kind of an episode that fits different areas of life because you're right. We're all always struggling with something. Yeah, we sure are. We sure mm -hmm. are. Yeah. Courtney, do you have a book? Are you writing? <laughs> uh, it is in the plans, but it is not uh, out yet. Um, I am in the process of writing a devotional, um, and then eventually I will write a Bible study, but nothing is out yet. The podcast is kind mm -hmm. of my um, continuous labor of love. And then, like I said, I um, speak at mm -hmm. conferences, um, and so that sometimes I someone said, Courtney, are you a writer who speaks or are you a speaker who writes? And I'm like, mm -hmm. I am definitely a speaker who wants to write. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So well, we look, um, we look yeah. forward to that then. We look forward Thank to you. that. Thank yeah, you. Absolutely. Do you, you find like you have a good response, a good audience that comes on and in, uh, in you know with your ministry here? Yeah, I I love it because it's it's kind of uh, varied. You know, mm -hmm. I've got like a younger generation who is really looking for that discipleship, kind of coming out of. Um, Maybe there are younger years where we have discipleship in our youth groups or in our sports teams and mentorship from there. And then you get married or you go out into, you know, as a single into the uh, the the world and you're like, no one is like coming up and wanting to mentor me anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I've got this group that is looking for that information, looking for that um, encouragement. And then I have this other group, which is an older generation, and they are um, more, there's like the encouragement and then there's the equipping uh, generation. And they say, I don't know if I can do this discipleship thing. I hear you saying that I should, but I don't know if I can. And uh, we created a discipler training at our church. It's um, eight weeks. And it's really to answer that question, can you disciple? Can you disciple um, someone else? And my favorite thing is when someone finishes that training and they say, I came in not really sure. And now that I'm leaving, oh, I can do this. I can totally do this. And I'm like, job done. That is Dang. that is what I, I want you to feel equipped. You were already equipped. God already gave you everything that you needed. You just weren't convinced. So I get to spend eight weeks just encouraging you to see what God has already gifted you with and already given you to make this impact in the kingdom of God. Um, so I love it because I get to work with a very multi-generational um, audience and it's a huge blessing to me. That's awesome. That's mm -hmm. awesome. So how big of a class do you have? Uh, so we have done classes. I think the biggest was like 10 women. Um, and the smallest was two. Wow. Uh, we've done it eight or nine times at our church. And uh, my hope is to be able to take this to other churches eventually. Um, but the, the you know, idea is giving them the information. And then I like it because I actually make them teach at the end. <laughs> wow. And uh, I let them know, you know, like week one, hey, let me tell you how we're going to work this through. But by the end, you're actually going to lead one of our one of our sessions or part of our session, because I want them in, in a way, that's what small group mentorship would look like mm -hmm. leading a small group of ladies through a scripture or through a chapter of a book or whatever it might be. And so I want them to actually feel like I know I can do this because I, I did it. Mm -hmm. I did it with a group of women. So anywhere from two to 10, but that really works well because uh, you can get some really good questions and get really personal with sure women, yeah a little know? closer environment yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah you have exactly. a big the college the uh, part two you have a big uh, response with that uh yeah we uh the college ministry um uh, it's it's always different because mm. you know kids are in and out and but what i'm loving about the spring is um we have our like core group of students that are really committed to the ministry and are there every week. And so you get to go a little deeper in those relationships. So I like to kind of look at it as here's our broad group on Sunday mornings. We have our college, you know, ministry. Um, we always 
uh, maybe we have some worship, maybe we do something, you know, silly and fun. Um, and we have some really great Bible teaching that happens. But then I love to go and meet with uh, girls from the college group. Um, I'm sorry, then we separate or we're sitting in at tables mm -hmm. and we always have discussion time at the end. And what I love is kind of you're getting to know these kids as we sit separate. Like I don't sit with my husband on Sunday mornings. He sits at one table. I sit at another table because we're not there for each other. Right. We're there to minister to these uh, students. Mm -hmm. And so you get to talk with the students, get to know a little bit about them. The questions are not always easy or nice and light and fluffy. They're mm -hmm. they can get pretty deep. And then I get the opportunity to say to some of the, the students, hey, uh, we'd love to have you over uh, for um, dinner, or I'd love to go out to coffee with you. I went hiking with a couple of them uh, a couple weeks ago. We had one over for Christmas. It, mm. it, you know, it's it's cool to get to in you know kind of involve them in your life in a little more personal level. Um, mm. So yes, it's very cool to to kind of see the the larger group, and that's why you we have. I think eight or nine mentors within that is because I can't mentor all of those, you know, students. Mm -hmm. So instead, each one of us has made relationships with different groups of students. And it's cool to see how God just kind of works that, that together. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah. yeah I wouldn't be able to handle that either. That's a, that's a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, thankfully all I have to do is show up on Sunday mornings and, and sit and, you know, talk with the students. Sometimes, yeah. you know, I get the opportunity to, to teach and that's mm -hmm. a lot of fun um, when I get to do that. Uh, but most of the time, I'm not like the lead college guy. We have a college <laughs> pastor and he does a great job at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you're part, you're part of it. You're doing it. <laughs> yes. That's great. That's great. Um, Courtney, um, you were talking earlier, you know, what, what another thing I like to talk about, there's so many people out there that are struggling with everything in life. Um, mm -hmm. you know, especially now, <laughs> look what's going on in our country. Look what's going yeah. on in our world. Um, and you have, uh, what you mentioned here is about God in the struggles. Can you, can you get a little deta detail about that? Explain to people what, what you mean by that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, the week, the year that the podcast actually started was an interesting year for our family. Uh, my husband and I just celebrated our 10th wedding anniversary and year eight and nine were really challenging um, for our family. Not necessarily, it kind of brought our marriage together because it, you know, we had to, you know, hold on to each other to survive. But um, in 2019, my mom was diagnosed with glioblastoma. And previous to that, the year before, my parents had been uh, walking through a time of my dad had been the company he'd worked for had been re uh, uh, they were restructuring the company and they came to him and they said, sorry, we just uh, someone else is the boss is going to be stepping into your position is what they said. So we no longer need you. And um, and so then he started looking for another job. And mm. man, you talk about hitting closed door after closed door after closed door. And um, finally, a, a position opened up for them to, uh, but it would require them to move from Texas to North Carolina. So oh. they accepted the position. Mm -hmm. Two weeks later, my mom had a um, uh, seizure mm. that led to a diagnosis of glioblastoma. And that is brain cancer that is incurable. And they said, uh -huh. you will have anywhere between six months, uh, I'm sorry, six weeks and 18 months. Mm. It, it might be longer, but that's the general area. And so she went through a brain resection. They removed the tumor from her brain. And two weeks later, they moved from Texas to North Carolina. Wow. <laughs> and everyone's like, what are you doing? Don't uh -huh. worry. God, God's, God's handiwork was all over this. We didn't necessarily know it then, but we do now. Um, that was in April of 2019. In August of 2019, my husband was pursuing his dream job and was going through training. And four days before graduation, they brought him in and said, uh, we no longer need your services. Please hand in all of your stuff. Mm. That's it. Uh, it was a law enforcement position, so they don't have to give any reason. And so mm. they said this is without reason because he was probationary officer. And um, and so uh, done. 
So all of a sudden, uh, that was a Monday. My first episode of the podcast came out that Thursday. I think mm. it was. And it was like, okay, wait a minute. Our entire direction of our family was headed this way. And now we saw a little bump in the road with mom's uh, cancer. And now all of a sudden it's literally headed in. The, I mean, it was like we were halfway out the door and the door got slammed and mm. we had to go the other direction. And then in, then in 2020, well, the pandemic hits. Why not? Why mm. not just throw a pandemic in the sure. middle of all that chaos? Sure. And so for the next year, I felt like I was in the middle of a tornado. And um, basically, when it came to cleaning up our life or or making our way through life, you you just had to see whatever fell out of the tornado. You know, like tornado keeps going, but it's throwing stuff everywhere. And you just you just have to pick up and deal with whatever has fallen out of the tornado. But the tornado mm. is still going and picking mm. up other things and causing chaos in life. And in this time uh, of of walking through this, first of all, my husband did find a, a job. That's when he started his landscaping business, which God has mm. blessed tremendously. Um, my husband is an entrepreneur, and it just hit really well within that that gifting that God had given him. Um, but and walking, continue to walk with my mom through cancer, it felt like we were in like this really really dark place. Like you could look all around you and not really know what was going on or what direction you were supposed to be going. And God kept bringing Exodus to my mind. And, and like, I'd be listening to a podcast and there'd be an Exodus verse, or we go to church and the sermon would be on Exodus. And I'm like, why do I keep hearing about Exodus? And I was listening to another podcast one day and the guest was talking about Exodus 20. And it's in that that uh, chapter, all of Israel is at the foot of Mount Sinai hmm. and um, the Ten Commandments have just been given. And the <laughs> the Israelites have been warned, like, don't go up on the mountain. If you do, like, I'll have to punish you. They didn't want to go up on the mountain because it was dark and there were clouds and there was thunder and lightning so they're all like extremely scared, no interest in going up in the dark place. And, and what the scripture says is it says Moses went into the darkness because that's where God was. And I mean, it was like an arrow through my heart of, okay, so what you're saying, God, is this darkness that I feel like I'm in. You want me to surrender to this struggle. You want me to surrender to this hardship. You want me to surrender to this darkness because this is where you are. Moses chose to walk into that darkness. The Israelites really wanted to run the other direction, but they knew they just had to stay right, right there at the foot mm -hmm. of the mountain. Mm -hmm. um, but Moses walked in there and, and God began to show me I started reading Exodus and I just, I read the whole thing. And then I was like, well, now I know this part of the story. Now I got to know all the rest. And I, re I read the full Pentateuch. It just, I had to know, you know, what the full story of Israel and the way that God showed his, his, his faithfulness mm -hmm. to the Israelites. And God showed me that, that his plan, a lot of times we want him to reveal it to us when we're in a struggle, right? It's like, can you tell me what you're doing? And the truth is that just like the Israelites, he doesn't reveal, he's, he's, he showed me, he doesn't reveal his plan in a moment. He reveals his plan uh, in a process. And that's what we see in Exodus is the process of God revealing his faithfulness to the Israelites. And that's where I felt I was walking through was this process of God showing his faithfulness. And probably anyone who's struggling in a moment of struggle right now, I would love to encourage you that, that the, you are walking through the process of God developing who you will be. You know, James, uh, James says that um, we are walking through trials and tribulations because he wants to make us perfect. Mm -hmm. And it's like, but I don't really want the trial part. And it's like, right. But without the trial part, you don't get to be the perfect version of who God has created you to be. And God was just telling me, you need to walk. You need to follow me into this darkness because mm -hmm. I'm going to meet you in this darkness in a way that I, I can't do it in the light. I can't do it anywhere else. 
Uh, will you trust me to take that? Because, you know, you can't see where you're going <laughs> when, when sure you're can. dark. Sure will can. you trust me to just put one foot in front of the other and know that I am faithful no matter what? Yeah. 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 That's the whole that's the whole thing is trust. And yeah. it, a lot of times, you know, his timing, it's just like slow motion, man. It's just like, you know, and yes. that's, where, that's where faith comes in. And then there's a lot of times, too, where I, I call my nine one. I call it my nine one one prayer where he'll immediately do something, you know. It's yes. Just, it's just, you know, but majority of times. Yeah. <laughs> and it's always the last minute. If, if you have a dire need or something going on in your life, it's with my experience, it's always that very last minute when he reaches up and picks you up and pulls you out, you know? Yeah. And I think we, it, it, but sometimes I think it feels like it's the last minute, mm -hmm. but God already knew that something was on the other side. I saw that in the Israelites uh, at a place called Mara and Elam, mm -hmm. uh, they, so they went across the Red Sea and they traveled three days and like three days later, they're complaining a lot. Mm -hmm. And they're like, there's no water and we're in the desert. And, and, and we have to remember that the Israelites complained. And sometimes we're like, come on. And I'm like, okay, how much do I complain? So let's, let's not you know, give right. them too hard of a time, right. but they got Tamara and they're like, Oh good. Look, there's water. And the water was bitter. So now they're like, Oh, it's not even good water. Like, Oh, and God's good. And he says, hey, Moses, throw that tree in there and it's going to make the water sweet. So God provides for them. Mm -hmm. But what they didn't realize is just a one day's trip later, there was a place called Elam. And in that Elam was uh, several springs, like 70 date palms. There was not just water, but there was food too, food mm -hmm. and water. And sometimes I think we get to that Mara and we think this is it. Like, this is what you're going to provide for me, God. And he's like, no, no. Do you see what's coming? But, oh, right. You you can't see what's coming. I can. Do you trust me that what's coming is a fulfillment of the gifts that I want to give you? Uh, mm -hmm. Or are, are we just complaining because the water, what he provided isn't what we wanted? Mm -hmm. And so I think it's important to remember that God, or do not remember, but trust that God has a plan that's bigger than anything we could know uh, or see that's in Ephesians bigger than anything that we could understand. And so mm -hmm. if we will trust him then we can know that there's, there's something, a lot, so something pretty cool on the horizon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Just, just uh, don't ever pray for patience. I know that because you'll, you'll be sorry if you do that, but you know, <laughs> I hate to say be patient, but literally just trust him. And it's just, you know, yeah. And every day, just, you know, it, it's a struggle. Just go to him again and say, hey, Lord, I need you to get me through this. You know, I'm trusting you, you know, and it's mm -hmm. just, yeah, it's a. But patience a is us, right? Patience right. is like, I right. have to have patience. Trust right. is basically taking, like, giving the control over to God. You're handing it over to him. Exactly. Yeah. That's, so that's a big... I think his trust is better than patience. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like, yeah. out of my hands. <laughs> yeah, out of my hands. Yeah. And, um. When, when you, Courtney, when you, when you uh, say that, doesn't that literally mean that you should have peace about it too and just let it go uh, where you not stirring in bed, uh, being stressful over it and that kind of thing? I mean, literally it's handing it over to him at the foot of the mm -hmm. cross, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's absolutely the case. And, you know, we just went through um, Easter and mm -hmm. in the story of Easter, I don't know. It's the first time that it's hit me, but thinking Saturday, um, you know, we know we've got good Friday and then we've got Saturday and then we all celebrate Sunday, but thinking about his followers on Saturday and how they must have been so scared, so confused. Um, it, it, they had all the information. They just didn't know it. Some of them didn't realize it. Right. Um, but, some of them sat together and waited because they knew that it wasn't over. And, but that idea of when we're, when we're tossing and turning and we can't find peace and um, we just can't let it go. I think part of that is because um, we're trying to figure out how we can make it better or, how, you know, how we can, how we can fix it instead of God taking care of it. Yes, exactly. What did I do wrong? Mm -hmm. What it, what did, 
if I, if God isn't like active at every point in my life, and if I'm feeling like I'm in a dark place, what did I do wrong to get here? Could mm-hmm. you have done something wrong? Sure. Only you know that. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you get yourself in that situation? I mean, the Israelites got themselves an additional 40 years of wandering, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but sometimes what we're walking through that feels like a desert can be God uh, protecting us from something. It can mm-hmm. be God uh, in it for the Israelites. There was a faster way from Egypt to the promised land. But if they went the faster way, you know, like you learn in uh, in math class, the shortest mm-hmm. way between point A and B is a straight line. They didn't take a straight line. And in scripture, it says that's because they would have had to go through Philistia or the Philistines who were a warring people. And God was like, my people aren't ready for that. <laughs> they just came out of slavery and they can't deal with the war yet. And we, we see they will fight lots and lots and lots of battles and mm-hmm. lots of wars before they are in that promised land, but they weren't ready. Mm-hmm. And so God took them a longer way, but it was a safer way. He actually protected them in that longer path. And so, yes, if we can have faith in what God is doing, then we can have a little more peace in saying, okay, God, I really have no idea. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to have faith and I'm going to trust. And sometimes that means saying it out loud when we almost don't even believe it ourselves. Yeah. 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 You definitely got to keep reminding yourself over and over yes. and over, you know, yes. and just keep reading the scriptures and ask the Lord what he wants you to, to, to read in his word, you know, to, to yeah. he'll tell you, he'll definitely he tell you, you know, there's, there's no question about it. He loves when we come to him about that, you know, he do, he does. Yeah, I think so, because he's like, great, you're here. You are, you know, scripture talks about the the clay in the potter's hand. He's like, you've just now become clay in my hands. I can do something with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, When we're not, we're like the rich young ruler, you know, who he says, go and sell everything. And he's like, yeah, I can't, I can't give that up. I can't give up control, God. Mm -hmm. I need to have control or, Mm -hmm. you know, I I just, I can't live with that. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know for some, that's an easy thing to say, to give up control, because that's their personality. Like, ah, great, not my deal. And then other people are like, "Uh, no, that is really hard. And so Mm -hmm. I understand that when I'm saying that, some people are like, Courtney, you don't know what Mm -hmm. you're asking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I do. I do, actually. And we Mm -hmm. still have to find ways to sit in prayer with our arms, with our hands open and saying, okay, God, I'm not really sure I can trust you. Mm-hmm. but here it is. I surrender mm-hmm. it all to you. Yeah, absolutely. And he'll encourage you. He'll do something. Even if it's something small, give you some encouragement, you know, yeah. heck ask him for encouragement. You know, mm-hmm. I call God, I call God winks, you know, Yes. It's, you know, where, where he'll just do something so small to let you know that he's there. Yes, that's true. For the tiniest, tiniest little things. Yeah. It's <laughs> uh, you'd be surprised to be surprised. I think a lot of times is we're not listening either. We're not listening. Yeah. You know, we just got to be still, know God and and listen to him. And um, some people probably also, it's tough. You know, they're in a situation in their life where it just seems like it's a bottomless pit. They're thinking like, how in the world can God fix this? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But he can, he can, and he will, you know. And I know Exodus doesn't seem like a place to go for encouragement. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, (laughs) when people are in a hard time, it's like, oh, go read the Psalms or you yeah. know, one of the New Testament happy books. Uh, no, <laughs> I like I, happy books. <laughs> <laughs> Exodus is like a hard book to read, the but sometimes the Old, the Old Testament yeah. can be a horror story. Sometimes so. it can, <laughs> it can. But you know, when we talk about the situations, it, uh, one of the things that you also see is a difference in the way that Moses approaches everything they go through, mm-hmm. and the way the Israelites approach everything they go through. And um, a lot of that has to do with their past and their mentality, right? The Israelites had been, as a culture, they had been slaves for 400 years. And that was a fulfillment of prophecy. So the mm-hmm. prophecy said they would be slaves for 400 years. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's what they had in their mind. That that's They were slaves, born to slaves, born to slaves. And that they had that slavery mentality in their mind every time, whether it was like, 
it's like, oh, this is, you know, look at this thing that great God, God has done. And then the next day it's like, oh, yep, here we are back mm -hmm. to misery. Why not? Yeah. We're just slaves. Yeah. Moses, sure. He was born a slave, but he didn't know that. And, but he was raised in the palace. He was raised as a prince. Right. He was raised as someone who had a future, who had uh, an expectation for something better. And Moses didn't make the best decisions. Like right. he is not a perfect shining example, which is why I love him and so many other characters in the Bible. Cause I'm like, if God can use them, well, God mm -hmm. can use me. Uh, but he had these expectations of like, well, God will give it to us. Let, let's, let's go ask God, you know? And the Israelite people were like, no, he's going to leave us alone. Just like he did in Egypt. You know what? You know what's better than being here? Being slaves back in Egypt. Why did you take us out of Egypt? Let's go back there. And they wanted to go back because that that old situation, as bad as it was, mm -hmm. it was comfortable. Sometimes mm -hmm. you see that in people that are coming out of abuse. It is a hard thing to step out of it. As a person who has not experienced abuse, you might be saying, just leave. Just Easier leave. Said than done, yeah. But yeah. that it isn't that easy. And, and we see mm -hmm. that in the Israelites here. It was, there was actually a little bit of comfort in the, you know, their life that they had there. And so when we are approaching all of our, whatever we're going through, our struggles and our victories, we are approaching them with our past in mind. And so our mentality determines how we deal with the situation. Mm -hmm. So, and you can change your mentality. It is difficult, but you can change your mentality Sometimes thankfulness can come into play, you mm -hmm. know, remembering every day to be thankful for something and writing it down. Um, or it can be uh, making sure that when you have a struggle, the first place you go is to God and not to a friend or a family, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, uh, and, and not saying, well, I need to tell somebody about the awful day. Well, give it to God first and then see if you still need to tell somebody. Yeah. Absolutely. You know? So it's all about your mentality and your past is going to inform your mentality and how you're going to approach your future. Yeah. Wow. That's a great point, Courtney. That's a great point. And um, very, very encouraging. I want to thank you so much for coming on today and taking your, your busy life, full-time mom, my goodness, you know, and <laughs> all the stuff that you're doing and yeah, definitely keep us up to date about your book. We want everybody to know about that. Be praying about that for you. Any final thoughts you have for anyone out there for anything you want to say, whether it be encouraging or your discipleship or anything? Yeah, I think my my biggest encouragement is for people to find that good, solid community um, in their life. It's, it's worth the search. It's worth... Um, you know, maybe even failing a couple times, maybe going to a couple small groups that don't fit, uh, maybe going to a couple churches that don't fit as you're trying to find a good church home. Um, you know, take those steps to find that discipleship because it has been it has been a huge game changer um, for our marriage because we have a, we have marriage mentors and when we're struggling, we call them. And I have uh, moms that I trust to give me really wise advice. And when I struggle as a mom, I call them. Mm -hmm. And living in a place where you feel like you have no one to go to is so lonely. And if that's mm -hmm. where you're at, I hear it. I mm -hmm. do. And there are people out there that want to support you and help you um, accept that. Go and find that and then accept that in your life because it is worth it inviting people into your life so that you don't feel lonely anymore. That's great advice. Uh, wh where do you think people can find that? Just go online and look through the local community, find a church, that kind of thing, and see what they have? I would start with a local church if you don't already have a church mm -hmm. that you go to. Um, and I'm going to say, uh, don't just find one church. Now, if you have mm -hmm. friends that go to church and they like highly recommend it, go with them because, hey, right. you already know, you're not totally mm -hmm. walking in blind. Mm -hmm. But right. yeah. Go and and ask people around you if they have a church they go to um, and go and visit that church. If you don't know anyone, then uh, Google. <laughs> that right, is the time in which 
you know, you can mm-hmm. go from there and see mm-hmm. where, who the churches are in your area. Yeah, and take your time and just visit each one, right? Visit a few and see yeah. who is it that welcomes you in? Mm-hmm. Uh, what are they talking about? Do they show the love of Christ? And um, and then get plugged into that local community. Do they love on you? Do they love on your kids? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, do they show love to your family? Mm-hmm. Um, and and then get plugged in there. And from there, I think you can find that group discipleship and then hopefully eventually that one-on-one discipleship. Um, that is really the easiest place. If not, just ask God that he would open your eyes to the people that are already around mm-hmm. you. Um, because you might already be in a local church and you're like, but I don't have discipleship. I want you to start praying that God would give you the eyes to see who's around you mm-hmm. and who has the marriage that you would love to have, mm-hmm. who is the successful businesswoman, but does it with grace and love the love of Jesus that you want to mimic? Who is that person, um, that gentleman who shows respect to his wife in every single conversation uh, and still um, is a great friend uh, to mm-hmm. the other guys at work? That is who you want to get to know more and and bring in as an influence in your life. Amen, sister. Amen. <laughs> well, again, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I'll put all this information on the on the notes uh, for Rumble for people who watch on Rumble. And we just thank you so awesome. much for for joining us. And everybody, have a great day, great week. We love you all. God bless you. And we'll-